right, we'll keep going from there and you can start whenever you want to. Hello everyone, this is Resident Skeptics. Uh, and today we're particularly skeptical. Um, as you guys all know, there has been a conflict with Russia and Ukraine. Uh, we don't know 100% what's happening. The only thing that we know for certain is that Russia invaded Ukraine. But from what we also know, there's a lot of stories going around. Seem credible, they seem good, but then we find out later that they're not true or they find out the photo is from another time and not from this time and the footage was made up. What's exactly going on here? We're going to talk about it today. Um, I'm Jordan. Connor is sitting next to me as uh, my co-host for today. Good to be with you as always. As always, Jordan, this has been a crazy week since our since our last podcast. This was not expected on anybody's radar that I can tell, except for Mr. Alex Jones, conspiracy theorist number one and main me, main enemy to the to the enemies. He has a video that's going around viral that I think he posted back in the fall October ish, uh, where he said that basically the big important people that he has not ties to, but has info on like what they're talking about. And he said that they were discussing a really big war that would go down in February. I would just like to say that a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, I did say that Russia was going to eventually evade Ukraine. By eventually, I didn't mean months from now. I meant that it was going to happen. And I'd like to say I was right. Mm -hmm. I was right. I was like, I don't know how we don't think that Russia is not you know, going to do this. Um, but I think there's a lot that's going on here that's really interesting. Uh, well, well, first off, Alex Jones uh, being correct on some of this stuff is hilarious. <laughs> um, it's always the unexpected people um, that we that end up being right in the long run, uh, which is weird. <laughs> but we've also kind of noticed some weird stories going around. Um to a certain extent, from my perspective, it's both Russia and Ukrainian propaganda that's spreading mm -hmm. around from both sides. Um, and the thing is today, I don't have a ton of sources today because I simply don't know what 100% is true. The only thing that I know is true is that Russia is invading Ukraine uh, and I'm not 100% sure how the conflict is going. I imagine that Russia is doing pretty well um, just because we know what kind of manpower they have and how big their military budget is compared to Ukraine's. Um, but then we have stories coming from Ukraine saying that they've knocked out this many rockets or they've taken out you know, these many troops. Um, it's all kind of a whirlwind. This happened on Thursday, right? Um, I believe that was when it took place. I'll double check that though. So I believe it happened on Thursday, um, or Friday, but regardless of which one I had gotten out of town, I was pretty much occupied from Friday to Sunday. I hadn't been on any sort of social media. And before I knew it, like this had all blown up with a ton of different like war stories about Ukraine, about how there was a model that was now fighting on the front lines. 
that there was the ghost of Kiev, which I didn't even know much about. I only heard about it just I, today. I, I read a little, yeah, I read about that one. Uh, actually, a friend, uh, I'm probably going to use his post to try and track down some of the stuff that may be Ukrainian propaganda. Um, one of the things I did want to bring up, uh, propaganda is almost always, I, I feel like it's used in a, in a negative light, that it's lies that are dispelled by the government um, or some entity. Um, let me find my definition here real quick, because that was something that was, that's bothering me a little bit is that it is normally seen in a negative context, but the definition for propaganda is that information, ideas, or rumors deliberately spread widely to help or harm. So those are kind of the, 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 the two key words there is that it can be to help it could be to harm. In this case, it would be propaganda from Russia just showing utter annihilation of whatever they're doing in Ukraine. And then Ukraine could be releasing propaganda showing that they're putting up a fight and they are defending and that things are going really well for them. And it's it's really hard because this information is disseminated so quickly across the internet and so widely that when the actual fact checks come out like they don't spread like wildfire so i'm i've been going through article after article trying to identify what has been verified as propaganda um there's been reports that some of the bombings are either outdated footage they're from older or from somewhere else or some of them are even like video game type generated effects they're Mm -hmm. they're tests for some of the the unreal engines uh that are out there for for the gaming industry and I mean, that is not the first time that this has happened. And I mean, let's let's no. be clear. Before the physical war comes, there's a there's an information war. And just because the physical war starts does not mean that the information war stops. If anything, it's going to be getting ramped up. Um, this is not us saying that Ukraine uh, deserves to be invaded by Russia. That's a common one going amongst the right. And we are particularly frustrated with conservatives right now that seem to be thinking because Joe Biden has potential implications and in, in stuff with Ukraine that uh, Russia doing this is going to dispel that information um, and the corruption that Biden and his family have with Ukraine. Look, I totally think that the the Bidens have some sort of anchors in there with you with Ukraine and have some sort of uh, financial gain. But to be honest, he's not doing a whole bunch to protect his would-be asset, if that's the argument you want to make. Yeah, it's not It's not very convincing. Like, I originally thought that um, in the beginning, I thought because of his ties to Ukraine, I was like, well, he's going to come down harder on Russia to protect Ukraine. Uh, again, I'm not a foreign policy person. I don't know a ton about this stuff, but that was just my initial thought right? Mm -hmm. I'm not claiming that it was right or wrong. Uh, But that was like my initial thought where I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe Biden will do something. Um, And so Biden did end up doing something. Uh, He ended up putting on sanctions on everything that wasn't important, except for as far as I know, like oil, essentially. Um, He is basically, (laughs) it's basically these these, uh, sanctions that won't really do anything uh, and so now, the sanctions were against like specific people in the in the russian government it wasn't really against russia as a whole from my understanding of the articles that i've been reading it's been particular people maybe some banks so it's they're they're doing what they can 
in the slightest. I don't know. It, and but I mean, it's it, it's turned into the stalemate. And I've had this conversation with a few people where it's like, okay, Russia invades Ukraine, three different directions. They're they're pushing for this invasion, and then NATO, all the allies come out and say, don't do this. You know, we, we will retaliate. And then Russia says, if you retaliate, then we're going to send nukes. And they have a, r- reportedly uh, armed their nuclear defense system because I guess Russia expects to get nuked potentially, or at least they want to be prepared for it. But Putin has even threatened, uh, well, a, a response not seen in this century, I think was uh, getting close to the words that he used. Yeah. So it's just going, It's it's creating this stalemate where it's, kind of leaving people i don't know it's kind of like playing chicken it's like who's going to be the first one to move is it going to be nato uh are they going to are they going to counterattack against against russia and support ukraine we already know belarus has joined in and is helping russia and belarus is directly to the north of ukraine and initially they said that they were uninvolved um although they did provide land passage for russia to enter ukraine um, and then Chechnya, which was taken by Russia back during uh, the Bush administration, Bush and Clinton administration, I believe. Uh, so this is something Russia has been doing for quite a while. Yeah, no, this isn't like, that's the thing, like, the people's surprise, like, what? No? They would invade Ukraine? Like, <laughs> to me, I wasn't, like, that surprised. Like, I have, I don't have a ton of history on Russia, but I do know that P- Putin's wanted to do this for a while. Like, He's We've been known, doing it. Yeah, like he has those aspirations. So I wasn't like surprised when I was like, okay, seems like troops are coming around Ukraine, you know. All right, seems like this is coming. And some people are like, no, no, it's not coming. I'm like, no, no, this is this is coming. He's not putting troops there for no reason. Uh, and, and sure enough, and sure enough, here we are. Um, I think the thing that is getting to me a little bit, and I, I was talking to you about it, Connor, I've received just a touch of pushback um regarding my stance on um america's role in russia and ukraine i fully admit that i don't know everything about the conflict and i'm willing to be wrong um and i mean that genuinely but i was talking to you earlier connor and i said it's really hard for me to believe that biden's weakness on the on the world stage didn't play some kind of role, whether small or large, in Putin's decision to invade Ukraine. We have to look at Trump, love him, hate him, whichever one is fine. Putin didn't do anything because I mean, Trump, like, I think when he threatened China or something, he went on Twitter in all caps (laughs) saying what he was going to do to them. Uh, And then you have Joe Biden, um, who is so weak uh, and does have some ties in these areas. And we don't fully understand all of it, but he has ties in, you know, near Ukraine. Don't know as much about Russia, but I wouldn't be surprised if there were some. where Biden was not going to do anything meaningful and kind of the same idea with Afghanistan, though admittedly a very different situation. Uh, But he showed pretty quickly that on the world stage, he was incredibly weak. Uh, And I kind of got some pushback because I said, um, I actually posted it to resident skeptics that um, I believed that America perhaps 
could have prevented mm-hmm. um, what happened in Russia. And this made some people question and get upset. And I've decided after like some more reflection that I still stand behind that statement. <laughs> um, but the statement itself, again, has a lot of room for growth has a lot of room for questioning and a little bit of perhaps maybe um, to it. I don't think it's particularly a far off place to go. I don't, the thing I don't agree with conservatives on is that it's all Biden's fault where like, wow, do you see what you voted for? You got this senile and granted he is senile and he is creepy and he is old and he doesn't know where he's going anymore. He is a lot of things, but he is not directly responsible for whatever Russia does, whatever China does, or even what Canada does. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's, the truth is he's not. Do I think he played a role? Yeah, honestly, yeah, I do. And I, I, I'll, I'll defend that, um, until I hear a better argument. But I I think you would be saying that he passively paid, played a role, not actively. Oh yes. Passively, incredibly passively by him literally being a soggy potato in the white house. Um, he passively allowed this kind of stuff to happen. Um, we could make Russia, like, we don't have to necessarily go into Russia with troops or anything, or excuse me, Ukraine with troops or anything. I mean, we could actually put down different types of sanctions, uh, but he's only put down the sanctions that don't actually matter at all to Putin. I don't think Putin cares. I'm going to be very honest. I don't think he cares. Um, but again, I think I do think Biden, the current administration, plays a role passively in what's happened. And it's pretty obvious from just even the press that I've seen from Biden, uh, the press that I've seen from Saki, they have no idea what they're doing. Like, I have no idea. Like, why are they not? Why are they? Why are they trying to not do anything to Russia? Why are they not trying to help Ukraine? If so, why are they not trying to like someone? tell me something i don't think the white house actually knows what it's doing like with afghanistan i felt like i could see why biden was doing what he was doing even though it was completely idiotic and reckless but this i don't understand i don't know where biden stands here why are we not stopping russia yeah and i think that's that's part of the stalemate that we kind of described at the beginning of this is it escalates and russia's been doing this for decades now where they they take a little bit and the world tells them stop it, but they keep what they took. They rarely have given it back or have lost. Um, they keep taking that territory. But in this case, it just kind of escalates. Russia invades Ukraine. NATO says stop or we retaliate. Russia says we'll, we'll just escalate this and we'll retaliate against anybody that retaliates against us up to and including nuclear. Um, well, now that move puts it on NATO. And the thing is, is that we know that China is a partner for Russia. And mm-hmm. the two of those, and I, I wouldn't, I, I would consider both of them to be up there with the superpowers uh, in this world. They certainly have the military to do it. Russia, although significantly less than America, the military budget, they're still number two. I mean, America is far above them. It's absolutely insane. If you look at the numbers um, for what type of budget America has for our military versus Ukraine, who has the second highest military budget. And even they are surpassing most of uh, what comes below them, third, fourth, fifth, sixth place. It's mind boggling uh, the differences there. Um, But I think that's kind of the stalemate that we're running at is that 
the the Western leaders, Europe and then America and Canada, they're really just so timid about this and not willing to put their foot down because they are afraid of getting into a war. And you know what? Fair. I don't want to be in a war. I, I don't want anybody to be in it. But their hesitancy and their timidness uh, is is not helping Ukraine one bit. Are you talking about America or just the West in general? All of them. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about everybody that's within within NATO. So this is this is anybody this is any country that has the ability to to start standing up and telling Russia to knock it off. And I, I think to your point earlier that this may not have happened if Trump were still in office. Um, it holds more water than I think most people would like to admit because you had you had uh, off and on wars with Russia and Chechnya. Um, during the Bush senior, no, yeah, I, I uh, HW rolling up to, yep, rolling up to, rolling up to Bush senior, and then rolling into uh, Clinton, and then Clinton it, it rolled through into Bush junior as well. Um, and during that time, they did retake Chechnya. Uh, I think that ended in two thousand nine, which would have been uh, shortly after Obama came into office. Um, but then while Obama was in office, there were some skirmishes over in Georgia. And we also had them retake, uh, what was that other one? There's Chechnya. They're dealing with Ukraine. Uh, Crimea. Crimea happened during Obama's term. Mm. Um, and that was, again, one where everybody was like, you guys got to stop. You got to stop. And, you know, Putin, they, they, Russia and Putin, they did. They did stop. But after they took a piece. Right. Um, and they uh, effectively had two other territories that they claimed as well um, within Ukraine because of rebel fighters that sympathize with Russia. Um, that was an interesting one to learn. That is, let me find the separatist areas. They're on the ve- they're on the very uh, it's east on, yeah, southeast it's on, yeah, side. Yeah, it's on the very it's on the very east, kind of like northeast ish ish. I think, uh, or it could uh, be no southeast um, southeast. Okay, I thought it was a bit higher up. Uh, nope. I'm trying to find the exact names of them. Not that people will know where they are located geographically, but it'll help if anybody wants to, to look it up and search. Um, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right though. We're, we should, Russia has done this. Um, they've done it time and time again. And the thing is, is that they didn't when Trump was in office. Now this kind of war and conflict with Ukraine, it's considered ongoing all through the Trump administration, but there were no major moves made by it. And we'll get to it in a little bit, but I have a post, I have a story uh, article from the New York post that details supposedly some of the conversations that uh, Trump has had with these world leaders. And you know, they, they sound almost outlandish or cartoonish. Um, but a lot of things that Trump said and did were outlandish and cartoonish and you would kind of be left going, did he really just say that? Yes, he said that. So it's is as crazy as some of the things sound and maybe they're inflated a bit. Maybe they're a bit, um, they're a bit just over enthusiastic versions of what actually took place. But you can't put it past the fact that Trump could have said these things. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't That's the thing with Trump is that Trump was kind of erratic enough to kind of keep Putin at bay. Mhm. And she and China, uh both of them. 
Yeah, no, and I mean, he was a lot harder on them. Um, I think that, if I recall correctly, Biden removed the kind of sanctions that Trump had on Putin. Uh, so the thing that we have to understand, too, is because there's kind of some debate of, like, why would we even get involved in this war? Like, why does it matter to us? It should matter to us because this can easily come back to America as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there is there is no doubt that that could happen. And I think there's even a broader point here. I think that Putin is trying to say, like, I can't say this for certain, but I kind of see Putin on the world stage. I see what he's doing. And he's I feel like he's just like looking at Biden and be like, what you going to do about it? Like, this isn't just a war on Ukraine. Like, there's kind of a hint to the U.S. Like, what you going to do? Like, I think there's a challenge to us as well. And I think Putin is definitely trying to feel out where we stand and what we're going to do. Because if we're weak, like, again, we have a strong military and I don't, again, I don't know a ton about military. I don't know a lot about foreign policy, but I do know that Putin's getting aggressive. We do know that Putin and um, at least the Communist Party, uh, they definitely seem tight. We know that China has... I believe they have more access to rare minerals in Afghanistan, thanks to what Biden did, um, as well as a ton of our military equipment that we left in Afghanistan. So this all ties back together in some way, shape, or form. Uh, again, I don't have to be a foreign policy effort, uh, excuse me, a foreign policy expert to put the dots together because I have a brain that says, yeah, this doesn't look super good for us. So if we keep making these weak moves and we keep piling them on and on and on and on it's eventually going to come back to us and one of the things that i've said and what i specifically posted that i think probably got me in hot water was basically saying that your diversity stuff it's crap to me masking children you know stop abusing them honestly um cutting checks getting checks from the government start working you know don't we're gonna end up in a ton of debt for this i said we are so focused on pronouns we are so focused on diversity that we don't understand what's happening outside of us um, and that there's a lot of countries that don't have the same values as us uh, in regards to pronouns or even like materials Uh, i don't think putin is as concerned with a cushy lifestyle um no, I, I would agree. Most countries are not so well off that they have time to sweat small things like that. And, and it's not saying that so there's just certain things like that that are that are not important. We've discussed some of them here on this podcast before. And it's like, yes, we should be paying attention to crooked cops. Yes, we should be paying attention to corporations that monopolize and then hike their prices up. Looking at you, pharmaceutical companies, mm-hmm. Pfizer, Moderna, um, all of those things should be looked at. But to come in and make some of this stuff is just top tier problems when it just isn't. It absolutely floors me. And I, I hate to say it, but I was even reading an article where they were talking about um, people are having almost like PTSD in Canada from the, uh, from the trucker convoy, from the honking, all of the honking that went on for days and days from the trucks. People have PTSD and they're having like these phantom honking sounds. And I'm like, if that is what gives you PTSD, sir, I, I don't have, I don't know what kind of hope there is to hold out in the event that, you know, Russia and China don't take something to North America. Like, I mean, what, what, do you, what do you do with that? What do you do with a population that is just that 
weak uh, sensitive just, just look at our country honestly the way we have feminized men all right like i'm honestly scared where i'm like man we have we have made ourselves so morally weak um we have destroyed gender roles um which i think peterson was actually talking about it in his talk with joe rogan about how one of the first steps to in history to um dismantling a society is is confusing gender roles yes. uh, and such uh, so people are like no no we can you know men can do the same thing as women women can do the same thing as men um not it's unfortunately it's not it's just not true. Um, so we're confusing those types of things. We're making everybody into little squishes. Uh, we're just super, super duper squishy. Like we just can't handle anything that's that's difficult. You know, I think there's the comparison of the Russian military ad uh, versus the American recruiting <laughs> ad. I, I'm just like, these Russian guys, I mean, just freaking just insane they're like oh crap and then we look at what we value it's like we value diversity in the military you know what i value in the military some serious strength and athleticism and skill and smarts i i don't care how diverse our military is i care that we all stay safe just want to know that it's it's functioning that they're well equipped which with that budget they should be well equipped they should be, but we've again. That's why I said, "Oh, we're so focused on diversity in our military that we can't see how this is actually going. It could eventually uh, hurt us." And I know that you are more pro women being in the military. This is part of one of the reasons why I'm not as pro women being in the military. Um, though I have stretched, I said, if they're in administrative role, that doesn't bother me too too much. Um, but anything that's on the front lines. I kind of have some issue with it. Yeah, yeah, we've had we've had that conversation a bit, and it's like I'm 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 pro women in military, but it, it, for me, it's you know you're not going to lower the standards for them to pass. And that's the issue, though, is that that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, there there are very very few uh, there are very few females that can withstand at least the the higher uh, intensity. You're talking about seals. You're talking about um rangers anything that's up there in the elite category you it's going to be very rare that females are able to pass that type of training now for general infantry i think it's the i think the numbers would be much higher um but yeah it's not it's not something that they should be taking diversity over people's competence like their competent levels but that's exactly what what america is doing again we're so focused on laser focused on one thing it was the same thing with biden with electing biden everyone was so focused on blm they're so focused like this is the most important thing that they neglected everything else and i look at the world around us and i'm like Make no mistake, there is a high correlation between what's happening in the world and Biden coming into office. We have to accept the fact that America is still incredibly influential on the world stage, is incredibly uh, influential. We have troops in different places that stop certain things from happening, right? If we moved our troops out of certain countries, we would start to see some issues in those in those places. So we have to accept that that's 
that's something that's happened. So don't no one don't anyone tell me that Biden doesn't have anything to do with this. I don't know how much he has to do with it, but he definitely has something to do with it. And I will stand next to that. Um, But I will not stand next to the idea of what conservatives are doing. And I saw the two pairings together of saying, wow, look what you liberals have done putting, you know, President Joe Biden's senile man in office. He started World War Three. <laughs> Talk about this is what honestly infuriated me because I've followed these conservatives and they have been just crying against um, uh, fear mongering, saying it's horrible. But look what the liberals are doing with COVID. Again, I agree with all of it. I agree yep. with all of it. Yep. And then they turn around and mm. they do the exact same thing with no good enough evidence that that's actually going to happen. Honestly, shame on them. Shame on them. Like, yeah, I'm just I, well, like, it's, it's, an, just it's ridiculous. the entire reason why I don't identify with the Republican Party anymore. And I'm really, really disenfranchised with a lot of them. I was talking with my wife earlier and just like in uh, 2016, leading up to Trump versus Hillary, what, what did you have? You had when Trump won, you had the you had the Democrats saying that it was Russia collusion. The election was rigged. There's no way this happened. You know, they, they just cried foul for the whole thing. And I was like, oh, fantastic. That means in four years, we're going to have both sides doing it. And both sides did do it. We have the right accusing Hillary or not Hillary. In this case, Biden. You have the right accusing the left of cheating, uh, of, of faking ballots, doing the mail in. And it's just like, have you guys really paid attention? Um, it was Republicans and states that help the Democrats get the mail-in votes laws changed so that they could do it all in the name of COVID. They just needed the excuse, but Republicans went along with it. So stab in the back there, but you do have the Republicans claiming that they cheated. And then you had the, the Democrats still going on about it. There could still be, there could still be Russia collusion. And so there was no positive outturn for that where one side isn't thinking the other side cheated. And we're already seeing the wind up from the Democrats again for the midterm election. And then soon for, well, in the next three years for the next presidential election, they're already going to be accusing each other of cheating. And there's just, there's no end to it. Um, But you know, the whole time when Trump won, it was like, it was fair. Like, leave it alone. You just, you're sore losers. And then it happened to them four years later and they went on and on and on and on about how the election was rigged. And then the Democrats totally turned face and from Russia collusion four years ago, it was the safest and most certified election in mm-hmm. history. Yeah. It's just like, you guys are so full of it. Both of you, you do yeah. the same thing. I No, I, I honestly agree. Like, that's why I try to take... I tend to lean conservative and I tend to say that I am a conservative, but just because I'm a conservative doesn't mean that I agree with everything that conservatives do. That's why I'm trying to be really careful about the label. Like, that's why I don't mind actually just calling them out here and being like, you, like, you idiots. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, like, I, I thought better of you guys. You guys have said you weren't going to, that fear mongering was bad and here you are doing it. And, and they're it's not- only bad when the left does it. And I honestly just want to see these people own up a little bit because honestly, I kind of looked on these accounts and now they're saying like, okay, like there's there's a bunch of this propaganda that's being spread around, you know, don't spread around this propaganda, yet they chose to fear monger at the same time. They they probably already did it. Yeah. And they won't and they won't actually like legit like apologize and be like, hey, I messed up. I didn't look into this story enough because if you had looked into the idea of uh, Zelensky, uh, you know, there's pictures of him fighting on the on the front lines with the Ukrainians. That was taken months ago. 
<laughs> and they're posting these photos as if it's now as if it's now and they didn't know that it was that it was propaganda um but once they figured it out they should have been like whoops we made a mistake yeah sorry guys i'm gonna retract that one right but no people won't do that and then there's like miss ukraine who is helping fight with you know a machine gun turns out it was an airsoft gun and that she was it was a photo shoot for something and she made a post about it and it kind of made a bit more sense but like people just kind of got on board with it and didn't think twice um the ghost of kiev you know again you know that also was proven not to be true um and and a lot was of it, was it proven not to be true i heard I about it so. but i haven't i haven't found any other stories on it um, on whether it was legit or not I, I believe it wasn't legit. I can't remember what the reason was, um, but it was a little bit too fantastical, I think, uh, was part of the issue. Um, but I think there was something a little bit more concrete that I don't 100% remember. Hmm. Let's see here. Let's see what the site has to say. Just because it's the most recent from a day ago, uh, from the Deccan Herald, Ukraine crisis is the heroic ghost of Kiev real? This fact checker says no. Uh, after President Putin upturned the world uh, order and security by ordering a military operation in Ukraine, social media was flooded with images and pictures of Ukrainian soldiers dubbed as heroes of Ukraine by their president Zelensky as they fought off aggressive Kremlin forces, garnering support. From the world over. One such video, which went viral on Twitter in the initial days of the invasions showing a fighter aircraft shooting down another, was a source of hope for many Ukrainians and during the war. A Twitter user posted the video with the caption, Ukrainian pilot who is 6-0 shoots down a Russian Su-35 with his MIG-29. He's been nicknamed the Ghost of Kiev and is the first pilot since World War II to achieve ace status. Um, so that's the video that's been circulating on Twitter and with all its heroic charm, the video naturally attracted attention and was retreated, was retweeted and reposted by multiple users claiming that it was a Ukrainian fighter jet that was shooting down a Russian aircraft. How true is the claim? Snopes, a fact checking website who I don't like that much, by the way, um, said that while a while a pilot titled ghost of Kiev may be real, this video is not the website stated that this video was created with a simulation game called digital combat simulator, which was first released in 2008 and is not genuine. It was originally uploaded to YouTube by the username comrade Corb in the description box of the video. The user clarifies that the trip is a simulation and is made as homage to the ghost of Kiev. Um, so it sounds like it, the ghost of Kiev could be like a like a urban legend type of deal, and somebody created a simulation of it. And you know, this happened. Um, trying to remember, it was probably the Gaza Strip, but it was back. It was back when Israel was being uh, well. Israel's always in a fight. If we're being honest here, it was back when they were having missiles launched at them, and there was this video showing supposedly. Um, their air defense, their, uh, what is it? Their iron dome, I believe. And it was showing like this, uh, almost like a turret that was just shooting tracer rounds of bullets, um, at a missile until it blew it up. Well, turned out that was also from a video game. So this, this stuff comes out and I mean, guys, I, I think I've, I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast. Um, but there is, 
the scary idea of deep fakes and it, they work something like the Instagram and the Snapchat filters that I'm sure everybody uses and probably should stop using for a multitude of reasons. Um, but effectively AI is able to manipulate somebody's face to look like something else. There's a really good video of it as an example, uh, called the impressionist on YouTube and somebody does all these different impressions while the AI does this deep fake and changes this guy's face to look like whoever he's doing an impression of. And it's like everybody from Robin Williams, um, to what's his, uh, what's his name from the mask? Jim Carrey. Yeah. Jim Carrey. Like he, he does all of them. And these people don't look the same. You're talking mustaches, beards, clean shaven, and it changes it. And it's just this eerie change back and forth. It's crazy. And the further this stuff advances, the less you can believe what is going on. I'm quite surprised that the white house hasn't done something, some, some sort of deep fake for uh, Biden to make him sound more competent or, or, political enemies like that that's the biggest scare is that they could totally falsify a video and nobody could be the wiser um to it it's like don't believe everything you guys are seeing on the internet as we just read uh i mean i'll we'll look over the snope stuff as well and maybe we can maybe this week while i'm traveling for work i can be on the hunt for propaganda posts and we can relay those off resident skeptics because i think it is important to be notifying this ghost of kiev is not russian propaganda they don't want this out there that their fighters are being shot down by a ukrainian uh fighter pilot no this one is propaganda from ukraine not russia so that goes back to the beginning of this video where we start off saying propaganda is either to help or hurt it can be both yeah, I think you're I think you're right about that. And I think I guess kind of not to necessarily end this part of the segment, but just to not just to don't believe everything you read, but don't just have a reactionary jerk where you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm gonna post repost this. This is fantastic. You know, you have to take some time. Uh you have to take some time to look at it and, and make sure that it's or honestly, not even make sure that it's good. Just kind of keep it in your heart and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, you're you're right, Connor. Um, you're definitely you're definitely right. And I'm kind of I'm kind of annoyed at both the left and the right at this point. It's this has been one of the conflicts for. I felt like with Afghanistan, I was pretty much on the conservative side of this. I think everyone. God, this is when Biden kind of really fell in the polls. Um, yeah, because he he had he had largely the right and the left uniting against him and saying you messed up. Right, but in this case, I'm kind of I don't know where I'm at with it. All I do know um, for certain is that you know whatever the Ukrainian government does whatever the Russian government does there are people in Ukraine that really are just normal people um who probably are not involved in any of this corruption uh that are that are reaping um excuse me that are suffering the consequences uh, of of what Putin has done and so our prayers are definitely with the people uh of Ukraine um and you know with people in Russia too there's been reports that Russians are not okay with this. I nope. And demonstrators are getting. Uh, I want to say I've heard upwards of twenty years in prison for 
for defying basically what Russia wants to, and, and that's that—that's the type of government that they are. Yeah, like they're they're more of a dictatorship than anything. And um, Putin is kind of an old school guy. Um, yep. He really just wants to see Russia flourish, and we don't really know where uh, Putin's health is. We don't know. There's so many factors that we don't know, and it's okay not to know everything. It's okay to not have an answer. If you're talking with somebody about this topic, it's okay to to say, you know what, I'm actually not sure. That's fine, because most of us really don't know what's going on right now, and it's not really anyone's fault because uh, both Russia and Ukraine are um, putting out information uh, that they want out there. Yeah, and Russia-Ukraine is a long-term conflict that goes back to the the fall of the Soviet Union and just the way the territories were split up. And originally, Ukraine was part of Russia, and... even 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 Putin's motives for starting this have been kind of odd, and I just and I, we were talking before, and I've said Putin is is not he's not a good guy. Like he's he's been in office for around two decades at this point um, because he keeps getting himself in power. Um, he does run his country with an iron fist, uh, though not surprisingly i would rather be stuck in russia than i would be in north korea it can get worse um but given all of that he's never struck me as somebody that was i don't know spastic in his decisions like some of this just feels really off the cuff really random it kind of something screams wrong to me um with how this is playing out he's been very tactful in his his taking of territories in the past where he pushes the line like he knows he knows where that boundary is and he pushes that line he takes a little bit this feels like he pushed the line and then just ran right over it and just went to a full-scale invasion if he would have taken the two territories which i mentioned earlier um their self-proclaimed independence from ukraine and the two territories were uh donetsk and luansk um they're out in uh, eastern ukraine on the on the south side um if he had come in and taken those two that would have been right in with the pattern of what he's been doing over the past couple uh, decades. This just seems really off. And I don't know if it's like, are we looking at like the death throes of the, the, like the death throes of his time in office. Maybe he knows that he's just not going to be able to, to stay, or maybe his health is degenerating or just kind of what is going on in Russia. That's making them take such a drastic in, globally obvious move against an entire country it's really it, it doesn't fit the normal putin russia uh stratagem that we've seen in the past so that's kind of what's keeping me on my toes that it just doesn't seem quite right um but i don't know what else to make of it at this point yeah i mean i think you have a little bit of a point and again i'm not going to claim anything with 100 percent certainty at this point no we can't but what i will say I don't think we've had a president this week before, like president in regards to America. Not in my lifetime or like, yours. Yeah, I mean, we did have some presidents that their health, because they were older, their health did like deteriorate, deteriorate in like their second term, um, which that has happened before. Um, yeah, I think that's a even, lot of stress. Yeah, I think even happened with, honestly happened with Reagan. There's another president, I can't remember. Um, but anywho... Um, but we've never had someone that we have actively known is mentally deteriorating and thrown them into office. Like, I think Mm -hmm. 
Putin is making such bold moves because we've never been weaker before, ever. Um, and maybe I think it could be a com again, I'm just theorizing. I have no idea. But you take maybe Putin is getting older, right? He's not quite maybe he's not quite as patient. How old is Putin, by the way? Do he's we know? He's sixty eight, sixty nine, somewhere in there. Okay, so he doesn't have a ton of time left. I mean he's he's not like on death on his death's bed or anything. But he's not you know, he's not super young anymore. We don't know what kind of health issues he could be having. It's the perfect combination of... Yeah, he turned 70 this October. Okay, so he's 70. But we have, you know, again, like a combination of, okay, maybe he's not healthy. He's getting older. Biden's Biden's in office. Maybe there are things that he wants to do. And he's like, shoot, this, this could be a pretty good chance mm -hmm. to get it done. Um... I war, mean, that's war of the geriatrics. Yes, um, <laughs> it's all the old people. But have you seen some of the dumbest some... tweets out there saying that uh, Putin was only able to pull this off because he's white? That if a black or brown person had ordered the the invasion of Ukraine or another country, that they wouldn't have been allowed to. This is just some of the well. Ukrainian lives don't matter until black lives matter. That's what I. That's what I heard. Um, so you can tell where the left, what the left really cares about. And that's the thing. They are so wrapped up in this ideology that they think that it applies across the entire planet. Yep. And it really, no, Putin's just in charge. The man's in charge and he, and he did what he wanted. Um, yeah, the left, I mean, between the right and the left, I do think that the left tends to not think these things through quite as well because they live in such a bubble. Not to say that conservatives don't live in a bubble too, but I think they can easy, much more easily get out of their bubble than leftists can. That's yeah. just my or opinion. Or it's not as small of a bubble. It's not. Um, but let's not get so swallowed up um, in, in this that we don't forget what Biden decided to do during this conflict between Russia and Ukraine that he did uh, announce his Supreme Court nominee. Oh, I uh, missed this one as well. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. I was like, don't think you can hide from me. Um, don't think you can hide from me, Joe Biden. I did see it, and I'm trying to remember her name because it was indeed a... Let's take a look at what... Let's take a look uh, who this is. Um, the Supreme Court nominee is Judge um, Gitanji. I might be saying that wrong, so forgive me. Gitanji Brown Jackson. Hang on. Not Let me make familiar. sure. So let's see what CNN has to say about her. So she'll be, if she gets um, confirmed, she'll be the first uh, black woman to sit on the highest court in the nation. This is according to CNN. Uh, she says, and I quote today, as we watch freedom and liberty under attack abroad, I'm here to fully... I'm here to fulfill my responsibilities under the Constitution to preserve freedom and liberty here in the United States of America, Biden said at the White House as he introduced... Um, Jackson, which this is just so inappropriate to be honest, um, that we're that there's a conflict going on, and he's like, you know, what, let me just let me just introduce my Supreme Court nominee. I think he probably did that on purpose 
to be honest, um, probably to give it less attention. I know that a lot of people aren't happy because he essentially discriminated against anyone else and said, I will only choose a black woman uh, for the Supreme Court, disregarding any other candidates that potentially have better uh, credentials uh, it, regardless of their race or ethnicity or their sex. So that did happen. Um, according to CNN, uh, the Senate Democrat leaders hope to have a vote confirming Jackson to the court by mid-April. So there you go. Um, fun stuff. I, I truly don't understand how people that support this type of behavior for, for choosing things and not basing, not basing decisions like this on competency, um, and intelligence, things that are, that are not marked by the color of your skin or your genitalia. Um, I, I don't understand. I don't realize that they've come full circle and they are now the racists. They are now the sexists. Pretty much. And that yeah. they align with the people that they, proclaim to hate the most like it is amazing to me that the that you could line up what the kkk wants and some of the most and the the more the the radical left and the radical progressives that a lot of the things that they want would line up and the fact that they don't realize it or and it doesn't disturb them disturbs me that they don't recognize that they are they would literally want the same thing but for different reasons but even the reasons aren't that far off. No, and that's what's that's what's so scary. I think I was, I think there's someone who posted something on Instagram about defending the black, uh, a first black woman nomination. I'm again, I'm not against a black woman being on the court. That's not really absolutely my, not. That's not really my issue. The point is they're doing because she's black. Like here's the thing, if someone hired me, is like well. We're only hiring. We're not sure about your resume, but we did see that you're half Asian and you you do look like a woman. So you fit our diversity box. So we would want to hire you. I'd be mm-hmm. like, wait, whoa, 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 don't you care about what I can do? Now I think that this person. I mean, I'd have to look at her credentials. I'm sure she has credentials. I don't think they just picked her out of nowhere. I mean, she is a judge after all. Um, but at the same time, what if there were other candidates that? were even more accomplished or had better things going on, even if it was a, even if it was a Democrat. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, I just don't like, I just don't like this whole race thing. And I feel like, I feel like it is again, sometimes I feel like it is woke white people that really, really want this. Um, I can't, I can't speak for, you know, black people or anything like that. I can't, um, but sometimes I just sometimes I get frustrated with the Democratic Party because they feel like they really are speaking for the people, and I don't really think they're speaking for everybody. Did you have more on her? <sighs> I'm looking. <laughs> she. Uh, let's see. She uh, was born in Washington, grew up in Miami. Her, so she attended segregated private school, primary schools, attended a black college, colleges and universities. Um, 
Let me see. Okay. So, I mean, so bottom line, she's not without credentials. So, it's not like she's just some unqualified no, person that's actually, been picked. Here's her experience. She's a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit, uh, judge on the UC, uh, U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia, vice chair of the U.S. Sentence, Sentencing Commission, public defender, Supreme Court clerk, and prospect, and also perspective on the legal system. What does that mean? Oh, okay. So, they're saying that part of her experience is her perspective on the legal system because of her diverse and broad public service judge jackson has a unique ex- appreciation of how critical it is for the judge justice system to be fair and impartial uh which is hilarious because of how she got nominated that's really ironic when multiple law enforcement officials in our family she also has a personal understanding of the, of the stakes of the legal system. After serving in the U.S. Army and being deployed to Iraq and Egypt, Jackson's brother served as a police officer in Baltimore, and two of her uncles were police officers in Miami. So the last thing, um, the last one really isn't like her experience. It's more of this is my diversity card type feel, in my opinion. Yeah, that... Mm. It's it's just wrong, and I would never want to get a position for a job on a sports team, win a competition, because of something that I am and not for something that I did or can do. Right. I, I don't understand that. I, I would never want to accept a position because, well, because you're a man and you're, you're pretty mixed as far as uh, races and ethnicities go. It's just not something I would ever want. It's like not really winning. Yeah. Sorry, I was about to sneeze. No, you're good. <laughs> I was like... <gasps> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm actually looking up Clarence Thomas. Um, he seems like he has... Uh, again, he has a pretty good... <sighs> he has a pretty good um, resume here. Um, but again, I'm... I'll reserve my judgment. I'd like to see her um, be questioned by the Senate and we'll see how it goes, but uh, don't let that fall under the radar. Well, hey, you know what else you don't want to let fall under the radar? Oh, no. COVID! Uh, Guess what, guys? Restrictions are being rolled back like crazy. What? I it is can't just one after the other. Why? So, why well, do you think that's happening? Well, because they've got a distraction over abroad. Why not? It's like the oldest trick in the book. It's like, hey, look over there. And then they change something while you're looking. Um, I bring you this information from the Daily Mail. The Breaking Daily news. Mail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CDC to lift mask recommendations for 70% of Americans under revised guidelines that now focus on hospitalization rates rather than cases. Oh that my God. That is literally what we have been talking about from the beginning. It should be based on hospitalizations, not case number. Yeah. Who the hell cares about case numbers? Yeah. Infection's going to spread. Great. We're more concerned with how many people. I want the ratio of hospitalized to dead. And I'm not saying this to be insensitive, but it's just like, I feel like they they convoluted infections and deaths and it's like, okay, how likely are you to end up in the hospital if you get infected? Pretty unlikely. And it's even less likely that you die from it. Um, Last I was pulling numbers, it was less than a 2% chance. 
and, and it, they, they're pretty much just citing and I'll, I'll hit the bullet points on this article because I don't really care to get through all of it other than to just tell people keep an eye out for what's getting rolled back and watch how it's done while some big event happens elsewhere on the global scale. Um, but the Daily Mail notes, and these are just the bullet points for the article, but the CDC has revised its calculations determining which areas of the country are at most risk from COVID, now including hospital figures. Now including hospital figures. Why Why wasn't it including hospital figures before? I don't understand that. Um, potentially, they were just going off of positive tests versus negative tests. So they were just going off of, again, symptoms, which is not a good way to measure how severe a pandemic is. Um, under the revised metric, 70% of Americans will no longer be under a mask recommendation. Hospitalization figures that have been highly weighed under these new metrics have been criticized for not being accurate. And the CDC says that healthy people living in low or medium risk areas are free to live their life as normal as long as they keep their vaccinations up to date. Um, and like I'm bringing this to attention. I have another one here because New York City is lifting vaccination mandate for businesses and events. Now, they haven't done it for restaurants or the other laundry list of items that they uh, said that you have to be you, you basically you have to be using. But um, they again, they're still pushing the vaccinations, which that's whatever. I don't expect anything less from them. But Mayor Eric Adams announced Sunday that his administration would end its vaccination mandate requirements on March 7th, as long as COVID-19 case numbers continue to trend downward. He joins public officials who made similar decisions in cities such as Seattle and Boston. Um, the indoor mask in mandate will also be lifted in public schools the same day provided no unexpected spikes arise. He noted that more than a million students returned to public schools Monday after the midwinter break, a week of commingling on campuses. Commingling. That's an interesting and new word. Um, Somebody was looking on thesaurus.com. What is this, community mingling, I think, is the combination there? Um, they didn't see, there was no unforeseen spikes in case numbers. Um, they would confirm the end of mandatory masks for school f facilities for now, he said in a statement on Sunday. Um, I'm going to look through this real quick, but although it is not always enforced, yeah, here it is. The vaccination requirement applies to restaurants, bars, nightclubs, coffee shops, fast food eateries, indoor fitness locations, movie theaters, music and concert venues, museums, sport arenas and stadiums, theaters, and billiard halls, among other places. So like I said, still have a laundry list of places that you can't go, still need to have vaccination requirements, but it looks like they're going to start lifting the mask requirements. Um... And you know what? I'm going to be completely honest. And as frustrated as I've been with all the sheep out there um, that just do whatever they're told, I'm kind of hoping they just continue to do whatever they're told because I'm really sick of dealing with this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you you travel uh, you travel quite a bit. Yeah. So uh, I have to deal with it in multiple states, multiple cities, and all of them are a little bit different. And I'm going to be honest, it's very strange. Even here in our home state of North Carolina, I can go to places in Charlotte and they are like, Mass, social distance, some of them probably. I haven't run into any that want a vaccine uh, passport. But, I mean, we tried to go somewhere uh, a couple weeks ago, and we were told, no, if yeah. you didn't have a mask. And they didn't provide any, um, and they just were like, well, you can you can order it to go, and you can order it from outside. And we're like, just forget it. We'll, we'll go <laughs> yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, it's not... No, it's not the best. I mean, it depends on what it depends on what city you're into. Like, I went to Durham uh, this weekend. Uh, that's why I wasn't on social media. <laughs> um, but I was in Durham, and it's it's a bit more liberal 
Uh, so masks mm-hmm. are like super duper duper required, which I'm not used to because in Charlotte, it's gotten to the point where people don't care like too, too much uh, about it. And and also as well, another thing that people should be aware of uh, that you should go check out. I don't have it in front of me, but CDC has changed its developmental guidelines uh, for children to hide the fact that they are not excelling in the way that they used to because of covid it's a lot of the things that we were saying in the beginning. Maybe covering your face with a mask will deter their motor skills. Um, maybe their voice, our voices being muffled through masks will deteriorate their skills a little bit. Uh, so again, keep an eye on what they're doing here. Don't be so distracted. Like, yes, keep up with Ukraine. Keep up with Russia. Um, no, it's not World War Three yet. Please don't worry too much. <laughs> if you're still buying a $6 chai latte, things are probably still okay for now. Um, but keep an eye on what the CDC is doing. Keep an eye on the other news that's that's really going to affect you as well, um, especially our children. And the fact that they're changing these guidelines is just scary um, because there's going to be parents that are going to grow up maybe not knowing that there was a difference in guidelines. Uh, so this is really important. Yeah. And and it's all taking place just before midterm elections come. We've seen pretty awful polls uh, over the past couple months um, ever. I mean, they, they really started trending downward after the, the failed Afghanistan pullout. And then they went down again during the COVID spike over the winter, which I mean, even I wouldn't have react. I didn't even react negatively to it because it was expected. It's winter. Congrats. You had a spike in cases. It wasn't unexpected, but they acted like it was. And then, you know, rolling out that the the vaccinations are just not doing what they uh, thought they were going to be doing. So everything just kind of headed downhill for them. So the the best thing that they seem to think that they can do right now um, is roll this stuff back while everybody's attention is focused on Ukraine. Yeah. And I don't think everyone's going to forget. I'm going to be pretty honest. Um, But we will see how it plays out. Uh, We do have... All of this is right in time for Biden's State of the Union address, which is tomorrow night uh, at 8 p.m., I believe. Uh, So tune in or don't, uh, but I will be doing my due diligence and listening to as much of it as I can so that we can talk about it next time. Connor is hating the idea of it, uh, but we probably will end up talking about it. I think that's it for today. I think that's pretty much it um yeah no 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 more for me not without making a gigantic circle back yeah let's uh, not circle back to the like russia Saki ukraine does. yeah we don't yeah. have we well can... no we would actually be circling back like she doesn't do yeah yeah you're right actually <laughs> you're completely <laughs> so right so we wouldn't be being like we would not be acting like saki we would actually be following through with it which would be much better but uh, keep up with our episodes on apple google and spotify podcasts interact with us on facebook and instagram and agree uh, disagree get salty don't get salty it's all good with us Um, come back with us next time who knows what we'll do probably another news corner maybe another topic you won't know until it comes out and we're off 